the protectors of the wood podcast. The destruction of our planet is becoming real life. Remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. This podcast tells the story of misfit teenagers struggling to band together and help our world through this crisis. Episode number 73. The free store comes into being. Jeremy, Phoebe, and Penny stood in front of the closed toy store and coffee shop. The deserted streets and sidewalks were baking in the sun. Phoebe asked Jeremy to meet her an hour before dark, and he climbed back into the cab of the tow truck. The gears scraped as the truck lurched up the street. Phoebe and Penny had no idea what to do next. It was hard to accept that the toy store and the coffee shop were both locked in their faces by the forces of the law. Hey, Penny, where's a lawyer when we need one? Let's walk to Sammy's house and ask him. We just can't stand here. I'm going to read that notice on the door first. I was hoping we'd visit Sammy in a bigger group. The two of us won't be able to cheer up anybody. Phoebe limped slowly to the coffee shop door and started reading. Well, there's quite a list here. Permit violations, occupancy limit, creating a public nuisance, operating in cabaret without a license, illegal sporting events, warnings, complaints, blah, blah, blah. Sammy's supposed to appear in court in Half Moon next week. Phoebe limped down the sidewalk to the toy store gate and began reading the notice there. She called to Penny, who remained standing near the curb, surrounded by the boxes of zucchini bread and the cake. It's almost the same here. How can they do that? Gilligan's got to appear in court also. He'll love that. It's all my fault. Phoebe felt like crying. Her whole house of cards had collapsed overnight. Out of the corner of her eye, she saw Scudder staring at her from his doorway across the street. He noticed her looking back and retreated into his giant refrigerated box of a store. Phoebe dragged herself over to Penny. I guess my idea was pretty stupid. I'm in no shape to cheer up anybody. Hey, Penny! Phoebe, at least somebody showed up. The sisters turned to see Tom Winkle strolling their way. I've been waiting for hours and finally had a chat with Tuck. I got a van full of lemon cukes, roasted finger beans, potato squash chips, and lemonade. Fred and Chester couldn't stay with their horse and wagon. 
but they'll come back if we need them. What's the plan? Tom Winkle's calm old face, his straw hat and silver hair, seemed so reassuring. Right away, the sisters felt less crazy, less defeated. Maybe a plan was possible. We're not sure. We thought of walking over to Sammy's house and trying to cheer him up. Phoebe was relieved that Tom's eyes did not seem to be studying her cuts and bruises. She wished that she had a pair of sunglasses. Well, Chester tried that already. Sammy just wouldn't come. Hey, Phoebe, look at that! It's the garden center van! In a moment, Peter and Patricia Hood were walking up the sidewalk, glancing at the toy store and the coffee shop and calling out to their children and Tom Winkle. Hey, Phoebe! Penny! Tom, what's up? So glad to see you. They embrace each other with intense relief. There was chemistry in their coming together, as if they were a band that now could play their songs, or an army that now could do battle. Allison gave us the news. Phoebe knew her father was angry. There was something in the way he walked, as if he were restraining himself every moment. <sighs> we're all closed, right? <laughs> but what do we do now? Is Sammy around? I was just telling them. Chester tried to visit Sammy a couple hours ago. Sammy wouldn't let him in. He doesn't want a party. He doesn't want to talk. He wants to start open or nothing. That's all Chester got out of him. Phoebe was aware of her father's eyes on her. She tried to look casual hiding her eyes under the brim of her baseball cap. But he suddenly reached out and flipped up the brim, exposing her face. He looked at her carefully. She felt like crying, but bravely smiled back. I'm okay. I heard from Chi-Chi you had some trouble. But God help me, this is going too far. I'll get in someone's face today if I have to go to jail for it. Peter ground his teeth and stared into space. Phoebe was thinking. Whoa! I haven't seen him like this in a while. Peter, don't take it out on Phoebe. It looks like she's been well cared for. Patty turned to Phoebe's face with her thumb and forefinger studying her bandages and bruises. I'm tired of being an exhibit, and it's mostly my own fault. I fell in the forest. She's going to be fine, Peter. Now I, for one, am not taking my flowers in the van back to the garden center. I'm going to commemorate this occasion by giving them away right here on the sidewalk. There you go, Mom. That makes sense. That's an idea. I'll join you. My cake is melting. 
Well, count me in. At least we won't run and hide. Let's give everything away. <laughs> now you're talking. Peter turned to Phoebe and said, Don't be mad at me. I, I didn't mean to embarrass you. I still say someone deserves a beating. I'd love to tear someone limb from limb, but we'll let that go. Patty's idea is, is much better. Patty was walking back to the van. She looked energetic in her jeans and t-shirt, like a young woman if you missed the wrinkles on her face. Peter and Penny followed her. I'll stay here and guard these things. Phoebe didn't want her father to see her walking so awkwardly. Tom seemed to understand and waited with her. There's no hurry. If it gets a little too hot, walk over and wait for Tuck under the churchyard trees. He's getting some visitors and asking for you. These events have got a lot of people stirred up. I'll do that. Thanks. That would suit me just fine. I think I'll need Tuck's help today. Patty, Penny, Peter, and Tom all returned from their cars with supplies for the planned giveaway, or free store, as Peter started calling it. Patty carried an enormous bundle of flowers and went back for more. She unrolled a long piece of burlap in front of the coffee shop and laid out a dazzling array of cornflowers, dahlias, daisies, irises, giant zinnias, black-eyed susans, sunflowers, and peonies. And then Patty held bouquets in both hands and began talking to a couple of passers-by. Patty knew most of the people in Middletown by name and soon attracted a group all chatting about the closing of the stores and the sadness of the occasion. Penny and Phoebe arranged the zucchini breads and the cake on a long breadboard on top of a few old crates. Tom Winkle set up a keg of lemonade on a crate and opened up burlap bags of lemon cukes and roasted finger beans. Penny began inviting the crowd her mother had gathered over to this mecca of refreshments. The conversations continued. News traveled from person to person, and the crowd increased. People were heartsick and confused by all that had happened. Phoebe, please help me. I want to be right in front of the toy store gate. And look. I've got most of my collection here. The carvings of the good fairy and Santa Claus. I want to give them all away. Peter and Phoebe made a small table with the last of Tom Winkle's crates and set up rows of the small painted wooden toys. Dad, what are you doing with all of these? My God, there must be a hundred of them. Oh, more than that. Uh, it's, it's my therapy. Uh, I've been wanting to give them away, and now I have the chance. Would you believe, I, I, as I carved them, I imagined 
giving one to every person in town. And now I'll try to do it. Peter turned and looked his daughter in the eye. Phoebe, I'm so proud of you. I want you to know. Phoebe was speechless. Yesterday, the years have gone by like an afternoon at play. How do I long for your glowing face, like the love that I have lost? Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Find all our podcasts, songs, and projects on our website, protectorsofthewood.com. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember, everyone can make a difference and every action counts.